The content of CPR Unplugged is designed for entertainment purposes only and is not intended as mental health treatment or medical or mental health advice. Details such as names and locations may have been changed to protect individual privacy. Hello and welcome to CPR Unplugged. I am your host, Jess. Thank you for joining us today. Wherever you are and whatever you got going on, we are happy that you're here with us. Today, I am joined by Sarah. Sarah, welcome. It's good to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here. So I'm going to have you start your story wherever feels natural to you, and we'll take it from there. So in January 2015, um, I lost a child. And before we kind of get into that, I want to give you a little bit of background about the preceding year prior to that. Um, So May 2014, I found out that I was pregnant. Um, It was my fifth pregnancy. The four preceding, I had lost all to miscarriage. So it was exciting and and scary both at the same time, um, kind of wondering what we were going into again. Um, my husband was very supportive through through that process. So a couple months go by, everything is great. All of the doctor's checks are, are going wonderful. Um, and then I get some bad news. In October of 2014, um, my uncle took his own life. Um, so that was pretty, pretty difficult news to, to kind of handle. Um, and the next month after that, in November of 2014, my grandmother passed away from a heart attack. So again, kind of another difficult, difficult thing. Um, but focusing on my, my child coming and my, um, you know, husband and his support and just, you know, things, other things going well in my life, it, it helped me kind of move past, past those difficult struggles. Um, when my grandmother passed away, my dad actually reached out to me for the first time in 10 years. I hadn't spoken to him for quite a while. He had um, made a decision when I was about 22, 23 years old um, that he didn't want to be part of my life anymore. It wasn't my decision. It was unfortunately his decision. Um, But after 10 years, he reached out to me again, um, told me about my grandmother's passing, and um, we reconnected. My dad and I spoke every single day after that. Um, which was another beautiful thing. And he was very remorseful and very regretful about that time that, that had been missed. So having him back in my life was, was wonderful. Um, so kind of moving into the next couple months after that, my husband lost his job. Um, and at that point, I'm about six months pregnant, <laughs> working full time, taking care of the family, um, and my husband lost his job and, and didn't have a lot of motivation to find another job, um, which was kind of frustrating in our relationship. And then moving into January, that's you know, when I found out that I lost my child. So I was, I was nine months pregnant. Um, I started experiencing some really weird symptoms. Um, it, it felt almost like contractions. Um, I wasn't feeling him kick anymore. I went to the hospital, and they told me that, that he had passed. Um, not only did they tell me that he had passed, they also said that I had to give birth, <laughs> full birth, like, like someone would for, for a live child. Um, so that was really 
kind of difficult news and, and difficult to, to think about. Um, I, I hadn't even thought of, you know, if he, if he passed, how, how he might come out. Um, so th through that process, like I said, it was, it was extremely difficult, really hard news. Um, his umbilical cord was twisted and it wasn't anything that, that could have been prevented. Um, he was a perfectly healthy child. Um, it was just, kind of a random, random case of, of bad luck. Um, after that happened, so uh, kind of looking back now, I, I have no memories really from the end of January until about mid-March. Everything is really fuzzy. It's very foggy. Um, I did go back to work after about two or three weeks. Um, but again, if I, if I look back now, you know, five years ago and try and think about what I did or who I saw, um, I, I have very few memories of, of that time in my life. My, my next memory was actually um, a 5K walk that I did for the March of Dimes um, that was organized by my coworkers. And maybe that was kind of their attempt to, to reach out to me and to, to pull me back in and to get me motivated again. Um, so I was extremely appreciative of that. Um, great friends and family, great supports through it, um, but I, I still cry. You know, it, it's, it's still difficult for me. Um, you know, now I'm 38. I'm actually going to be 39 in a couple days, um, and I've kind of accepted that I'm not going to have my own biological children. Um, but I do have two wonderful stepchildren. So, you know, I, I, I have them in my life, which is a wonderful and, and an amazing thing. And I, and like I said, thank, thankful every day that, that they've come into my life and, and that I have them. God, I'm getting choked up listening to your story. So I can, <laughs> uh, that's, that's a, a lot of tough stuff to happen in such a short period of time. So we're looking five years later what happened the the next five years? How did you cope with all of that? It's a good question. <laughs> so in March or April of 2015, um, my husband and I actually separated. We got back together a couple times and then separated again, I think around January of 2016. So it was kind of back and forth for a little while. Um, and we, it wasn't because of, you know, losing a child. We just, we realized that we, we weren't a good match in, in the long run. He's a great person, wonderful. I, I wish him the best of luck. Um, we're still pretty good friends, but um, just romantically, it wasn't, wasn't a good match. So through that, I kind of realized that, um, that I needed to find kind of my, my inspiration and my, uh, my motivation again. And kind of looking back at previous times in my life, I was really, really big into hiking, hiking outdoors, exploring. Um, and I hadn't done that for quite a few years. Um, and the reason I hadn't done it is because I was trying to get pregnant for so many years and kept losing, um, losing the children. So I was very careful and I didn't, I didn't want to overexert myself during those times. So I, I kind of stopped doing some of the hiking and exercise things that I loved. So I put that back on my plate and I started hiking all the time, probably three, four days a week. Um, if it was too hot outside, so Arizona summers, sometimes it's 
115. Um, so I would do night hikes and take, you know, take a flashlight and I would make it fun. I'd take a black light flashlight and hunt for scorpions. Um, sometimes I did those by myself when I just needed that kind of soul searching conversation with, with me. Um, and then other times I joined a few hiking groups and I went with some new people, um, made quite a few new friends through the process. Um, went with some other friends who, you know, have been friends for years. I just hadn't joined them for hikes. Um, so that was my therapy was really, and we call it mountain therapy. Um, but it was just, you know, getting outside, being in nature, um, exploring, doing things that are good for me emotionally and physically. Um, and then also sharing that with, with some of the most important people in my life. So I, I, didn't seek counseling, um, not in the professional sense, um, but I think I had a lot of therapy on the mountain, <laughs> conversations with, with friends, um, and we were, you know, good supports for each other through that process. And you bring up a good point. There's a lot of different paths to healing, and it found, sounds like you found a path that, that was, I like how you said you did a lot of soul searching out there, because the path that you found sounds like it was very connected. It was something that was deep and, and heartfelt for you. What was something you learned about yourself? Um, I learned that I can get through anything. Um, you know, that, that whole year, gosh, going through the, the loss of an uncle, the loss of a grandmother, um, reconnecting with my dad and, and kind of being um, uncertain at first whether I should trust him or not, because 10 years apart, um, you know, I, I wasn't sure if I should just completely welcome him back because I was afraid of being hurt again. Um, so, you know, kind of, kind of wrestling with that and then losing a child, um, having difficulties in my marriage and relationship. Um, I, coming out on the other end of that, I realized how strong and resilient I actually am. Um, when, when in those moments, when you're in the thick of those moments, it feels like there, there's nothing you can do to pull yourself out. Um, but when you just focus on one hour at a time or one day at a time or that next moment, um, you really can make progress. It's just it's, it's difficult to see right when you're when you're in it. Um, but looking back a year, three years, five years, um, it, it's amazing what what we as people can come through. And, you know, my my story is not unique. You know, all of us go through through tremendous heartache um, and different things you know some some lose jobs some have a house that burns down some have a pet that that passes away um there's lots of different things that we go through um and just as, as a people we can be extremely resilient and strong through that as long as we can find those those other individuals and and things to pull us out of that yeah definitely well said i have a couple couple questions the first one being is there anything about your story that you didn't share that you want to make sure that you do share? I, maybe the, the most difficult part, and this kind of sounds silly, but one of the most difficult things, so I had a, a baby shower about two or three weeks before he passed. Um, and then once he passed, it was really difficult for me to figure out what to do with all of the gifts and what to do with all of the, you know, the nursery that was set up and, um, you know, the, the wonderful handcrafted 
things that, that some of my family and friends had, had made for me, not just purchased. Um, so many of those things I kept, um, and I, I turned a couple of them into dog outfits <laughs> for my puppies. <laughs> so I, so, and then the other things I, I, I donated, um, you know, n- no one wanted them back because I, I asked that at first. I said, well, should I return them? Do you guys want your money back? Like, it was a strange, strange, awkward, kind of weird conversation. Um, but I, it, overall, I, I ended up donating most of those things to people in need. Um, and, and that helped me um, being able to do that and knowing that, you know, someone else was going to be able to benefit um, and, and have those things that maybe couldn't afford it or, or didn't have the assets to, to buy them themselves. And it's completely okay if you don't want to answer this next question. Um, after you gave birth to him, what was his name? Orion. Orion. Oh, I love that name. So after you gave yeah. birth to Orion, uh, did you get a chance to spend time with him or what was that like? So I, I did. So um, my husband held him, um, but I was too fearful of, of holding him. I thought that if I held him, that the attachment would be too strong. So my husband held him um, and I, I was there right beside him. Um, I just, I couldn't bring myself to actually touch him because I was, like I said, too, too scared that maybe I wouldn't be able to let go if, if I did. And if this is too hard, we don't have to go any further with oh, any no. more questions. <laughs> it's okay. I'm okay talking about it. Did you have a chance to say goodbye to him or have a memorial for him? Um, I had him cremated. Um, and I actually took him to the top of my favorite mountain and sprinkled his ashes there. So every time I hike now, um, when I go to that particular mountain, um, I know that he's there with me. Oh, that's beautiful. And I, I go back every year for his birthday as well. So that's his birthday hike is is that mountain. Where are you at now? Um, I am happy now. Um, I am remarried. So I got remarried about two years ago. Um, and we've been together a little over three years. Um, my husband now, he, um, like I said, I have two stepsons um, who I, I feel like are my own. So one is 10 and one is six. And they're just the most amazing boys. Um, they're they're full of life and they are all boy. They're into everything and have questions about everything and want to play in the dirt and roll in the mud. And I absolutely love it. Um, my, my husband too. So he loves to hike. He loves to adventure. He loves to explore. So we, we really share that passion. Um, and it kind of helps drive us um, as a couple to, to find and discover new things. Um, and then we have two dogs as well. Um, we had one dog, but my my dad, who I spoke of earlier, he actually just passed away in June, um, and I inherited his puppy dog. So so she's a new addition to the family as of about a month ago. I'm honestly speechless. I don't know what else to ask next. Your story is absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing it. Really, was there anything you wanted to add? No, I think you asked all the. A good question. <laughs> you asked questions and made me cry. So <laughs> my job is done. <laughs> I guess one one thing through this process is um, I've realized how often 
people don't speak of stillbirths. And once that happened to me in my life, um, I found out how many other close friends and family members had experienced that as well, as well, but had never shared it. Oh yeah. Um, and that's, and that's kind of what's inspired me to talk about it and to share my story, to let other women know that it is, it is a normal thing. It's, it's terrible and it's awful. And I wouldn't of course wish it on anyone. However, it's often a normal part of, of life, um, unfortunately. And it's something that many of us experience and go through, um, and, and finding that, that camaraderie. So my, my own mother had a, a stillbirth, um, and she was five months pregnant, but I never knew that until I went through it myself and then she shared it. It kind of normalized it. Yeah. And it, it brought us closer together to be able to share that story and to know that, you know, someone so close to me, um, had, had gone through something very similar. And you're absolutely right. It's almost, a like a disenfranchised grief, right? It's, it's a different kind of loss. Yeah, it is. And, and many people who, you know, you talk about the death of a child and the death of a living child, you know, someone's child who is one, two, three years old. Um, that is often seen, you know, but my friends and family, they, they come together more if that child is living versus if the child was stillborn and not hadn't taken its first breath. Um, but as a person who has experienced at, le- at least the, the part of it, like it's, we grieve just as much. Like we, you know, that the, the child is growing inside you for, you know, six, seven, eight, nine months. Um, I was 36 weeks pregnant when I lost him. So I had formed that bond and that connection. And, you know, I, I already loved him. So it, you know, it, it rips your heart out, even if they haven't, you know, lived on earth. Mm-hmm. So, or taking their first breath. Did you find that people were supportive and gave you the space to grieve, or did you feel that people kind of expected you to move forward sooner? Or? It was different for different people, I think. Um, you know, so my my closest friends were were very supportive and. Um, kind of knew and understood and said, you know, whatever you need, however much time you need. Um, And then others, when I would, you know, even now, you know, five years later, you know, I I have some some days where I I might cry or or in conversation, I might get a little bit teary and they're like, oh, wow, it really still affects you. And of course, it still affects me. You know, of course it does. That was your baby. It was your son. mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, he still is. So, and it, it's interesting too, when, when holidays come up. So like when Mother's Day comes, um, and some of my friends still wish me happy Mother's Day. Um, and, and then others question, well, why, why are you being wished happy Mother's Day? You don't have any children. Um, so that's always kind of a struggle to, to know kind of how to answer it. I don't want to make it awkward or weird. Um, but, but as far as I'm concerned, I am a mother, you know, I didn't have the opportunity to, to raise him like others do. Um, but I'm still a mother. Absolutely. Most definitely. What would your advice be to other women who've gone through something similar? Reach out to people, talk about it. Um, don't keep all of that to yourself. It's, 
it's so helpful when you can share your story with other people and you find those couple people that are in your circle who you trust and and can have those conversations um, because just doing doing it on your own is it's, it's too difficult and it eats you up it eats you inside mm-hmm. well thank you so much for sharing your story and orion's story with us and i'm so honored that you were you were willing to share that i think it's going to make a big difference for a lot of people just to be able to hear that and like you said be able to to connect with that and and relate to it i think you're right it's something that we we really don't talk enough about or, or acknowledge enough thank you for having me it's like i said it's helpful just for me to talk about it so i i appreciate this opportunity as well got questions or ideas for the podcast or perhaps you have your own story to share we'd love to hear from you Email us at podcast at crisisprepandrecovery.com or call 602-281-7795. You can also find us online at cprpodcast.podbean.com or wherever you prefer to find your podcast. CPR Unplugged was produced by Crisis Preparation and Recovery, Inc. The intro and outro music was created by Rob Wilson. The CPR podcast team includes Tamara Lamontane, Ben Edwards, Laura Kaufman, Rob Wilson, and Michael Magarinos. Special thanks to Jason Spisak for technical support.